You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Inflation could prompt the largest social security cost of living adjustment in decades. Why there's a push to change the way it's calculated. You might be thinking to yourself, social security, don't care. Probably not going to get any with my turn. Social security, that's for old people. That's typically what I've always thought. But then I recently I've been like, okay, I'm 52 and then you're eligible at age 62 for Social Security. Geez, I got less than 10 years and I could, you know, put in my whatever it is that you put into, I, I need money. And you get more as you hold off longer, right? So yeah, all of a sudden, less than 10 years away. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really know much about social security. Maybe I should think about it. Maybe I should look at it. That's why we're doing this. Cause I don't really know anything about social security and I'm in an age bracket. Maybe you are too. Maybe you're already there. Maybe you're like 30 and like, yeah, don't care. Eh, I think you should know a little bit. And this has to do with uh, inflation and some of the things that have gone up. We're looking at a big increase in Social Security based on the indexes used. We're also looking at changing the indexes used that are that give the COLA, which is cost of living adjustment to those on Social Security. Let's jump on into it. So that's why we're doing this on our real estate podcast because real estate is really about people. People get social security. And that's what we're doing. If you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds, I own a couple of real estate companies. And I read the news that hopefully you want to you want to hear and helps you out. So seniors could see a much bigger bump to their social security benefits next year. Okay, go seniors. I mean, nobody, nobody had nobody does cheering for seniors, do they? They're like, ah, they're old people. That's going to be me soon, right? Maybe you're there, maybe you're not scary. It's like, where did the time go? Oh, yeah, I've got a kid that's going to be like 29 on his next birthday. What happened there? Frightening. There could be as much as a 6.1% cost of living adjustment next year based on estimates from the latest consumer price index data. However, a bill that's been reintroduced in Congress proposes changing how those annual increases are calculated. And I don't really have a problem with that bill. It changes it, but not a ton. It's not a major revolution, right? Social Security cost of living adjustment for 2022 could be 6.1%. That's a, that is a bump. That's a big bump, right? And that's due to inflation, according to a new estimate. There, this would be the biggest increase since 1983. I was in eighth grade in 1983. And that's according to nonpartisan advocacy group, the Senior Citizens League, which calculated the figure. It's also a bump up from last month's estimate when the increase for next year was expected to be 5.3%. So in a month, we've bumped up almost 8%, almost a full percentage point. And people are like, oh, there's not much inflation. Ooh, you think? It's a coming. It's already here. What hasn't gone up in price? Just got a new, uh, one of our office spaces got a new uh, rent increase. It's like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that makes sense. Why wouldn't it go up? The new estimate comes as the consumer price index in June increased 5.4% from a year earlier, the largest gain since August 2008. Higher food and energy prices were among the culprits that helped push the inflation measure higher. 
I just see everything pushing the inflation measure higher. That helped push the estimate, the Social Security COLA for 2022 higher. That annual change is calculated based on the consumer price index, the CPI for urban wage earners and clerical workers, or CPI-W. Gasoline and particularly heavily weighted in the CPI-W, which helped to push up the COLA estimate. We've got a lot of acronyms here, right? CPIW, COLA, stuff. Many seniors are also noticing higher prices at their grocery stores, according to Mary Johnson. I think all you got to do is go to the grocery store and figure that out. I think everybody has figured that one out. You go to the store and it's like, all oh, right, did I did I miss something in the last time I was grocery shopping here? Because whoa, that seemed and, and I'm not I'm not a penny pincher, I'm not a coupon kind of guy, but I roughly know what my things are. Um and uh, you know, roughly, not I don't really know like how much a thing of eggs is or milk, because those things aren't all that crazy important to me. But like uh, when my monster, when my beloved monster, which, you know, you really shouldn't be drinking at age 52, but I don't drink coffee. So I drink Monster Ultra, which uh, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's terrible. It's awful for you. Yeah, whatever. Life is going to kill you, right? So go to the store and you realize all this stuff has gone up. Or here's the other thing. Everything's getting smaller. The sizes are getting smaller. And you buy something, it's, it costs more, and you're like, this is all I get? It used to be way bigger. Candy bars I used to buy as a kid, like the $100,000 bar, they used to be like two pretty good-sized chunks. And now you get just these two tiny little cookie-like things. And you're like, oh, Snickers bars. Have you bought one of those lately? I don't buy Snickers bars. I used to buy a lot more when I was mountain climbing because um, they were good. I mean, just a bunch of calories and, you know, a little bit of protein and uh, get up and go. Mainly they taste good, right? It's something you can get down when you feel nauseous because you're at altitude. So Snickers bars, very expensive. And now they are just tiny, tiny. So I think anybody going to the grocery store is like, yep, it's more expensive. So uh, many, many seniors are also noticing higher prices at their grocery stores, according to Mary Johnson, Social Security and Medicare Policy Analyst at the Senior Citizens League. The COLA could be subject to change, though, as there are three more months of data to report before the Social Security Administration determines the official number for next year. So it's going to be somewhere five and a half to low sixes, right? That just seems like a massive number. Kind of tells you where we are, though, right? One thing unlikely to happen during that time is any action from the Federal Reserve. Central Bank Chairman Jerome Powell said on Wednesday that the Fed is still a ways off from changing its policy. The Fed just kind of seems to, throughout this whole pandemic thing, the Fed is just like, yeah, I don't care, really care about the data. We're, this is just what we're going to do. We're going to hold hold steady, hold the course. We're just, yep, we're going to have to have some massive uh, indicators change before we do anything at all. In the meantime, they are doing a lot and they are just basically propping up the marketplace, right? The Social Security COLA for 2021 was 1.3%. For many retirees, that meant just $20 more per month. It, I'm, and I'm going back to, 
I'm not really counting on Social Security as part of my budgetary planning for retiring. Number one, I don't ever plan on retiring. I just don't. I don't see myself. I, I mean, I could sit here and talk into a microphone when I'm really old, right? I could do that. Maybe I'll lose my mind. That could happen. I've had uh, a handful of people in my family just get, you know, basically psychosis um, and go crazy uh, in their elder stages. Um, so maybe that happens. And then, you know, nobody wants to hear that on a podcast. But there's always it seems like there's always something you can do. If you really want to be involved and engaged with life, you can always do something. I kind of plan on doing that no matter what it is. But as far as budget planning, I've never really considered Social Security to be part of my forward going plans. I've always been like, you know, they're, they're literally probably won't be any for me because that was, you know, in the eighties and nineties, kind of my formative years when I was thinking about things like this. Um, I was always told and under the impression, well, you know, it's kind of a Ponzi scheme. You're paying for the people that are getting paid out now. By the time you get there, there won't be enough population to cover that. So therefore you're not going to get any money. Good luck with that though. So I've just never really thought about Social Security as something that I would personally get. Um, but I know there's a ton of people that are dependent upon it because it's their main income source. That's always kind of frightened me. So and I've always been self employed. So I've never had that, you know, 401k that my employer, you know, contributes the same that I contribute or that kind of thing. So I've always had to just be out on my own with my own plans and kind of just creating my own future and makes you a little bit more independent. It also there's also never a safety net. So it also makes you kind of just more scared all the time because is this year that your business goes under? Is this the year everything is taken away from you? Maybe. Don't know. How are you gonna how are you gonna deal with that when it happens? Oh, you're gonna deal. You're gonna figure it out. So social security, kind of just one of those things that other people get that I don't think I'll probably ever get. Maybe I will. Who knows? How much will it be? I don't know. I guess you can go online and look at those things where you've seen how much you've paid in and you get an estimate that if you were to get paid out right now, here's what you would get on a monthly basis. Um, and then, you know, there's always the planning for your retirement. Well, I don't really plan on retiring. I, I already kind of do what I want to do for the most part. I don't, you know, I don't have to do a bunch of stuff. I don't have to go to a nine to five, but I like doing this. I like talking to you guys and sharing with you guys and seeing what's going on. But as far as social security, that just seems like, a, oh, you get that when you're really old. And uh, will there be any for me? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do other people, is that their budgetary planning? Social security, number one income source? For me, it's always been whatever I come up with, you know, I'm a eat, you know, eat what you kill kind of guy. So if I haven't killed something, I'm like, well, that's not really mine. Uh, no, not really. I, I, I don't want that. Over the years, the increases have led to a loss of buying power for seniors, according to research from the Senior Citizens League. I have heard that. I've heard that from multiple seniors. Cost of living going up, their COLA, cost of living adjustment for Social Security doesn't quite match up and that they're going sideways or behind, they're going backwards, um, less money than um you know, then what they need to basically run their budgets and rent. That's another huge component that's coming up right now. Rent is going to go, it's already going through the roof and it's going to go through the roof even more impacting a lot of seniors who are on fixed budgets 
and yet rent just going up. One bill was reintroduced in Congress last week to change the way the annual COLA is calculated to better reflect costs seniors pay. The Fair COLA for Seniors Act of 2021, proposed by Representative John Garamendi, Democrat from California, calls for changing the measure of the consumer price index for the elderly, or the CPI-E, rather than the CPI-W that is currently used. All right, so I'm like, okay, here's another Democratic deal. We're going to spend our money doing this. Okay, this should be ridiculous. I looked at it and it's like, Okay, this actually kind of makes sense. The CPI-E may better reflect the expenses seniors face because it's based on items that people age 62 and older tend to use, including a higher weighting for healthcare costs, according to Richard Johnson, director of the Program on Retirement Policy at the Urban Institute. How is it that the United States, we spend so much money on like defense budget and all this other crap, and yet we don't really have a we don't really have these safety nets in place for like our citizens. Do you know what I mean? A healthcare here is super expensive. Again, I'm self-employed. And so it's always been up to me when my kids were young and my wife, uh, and you know, I had the whole family thing going on, just my wife and two kids for full on healthcare coverage as a, uh, as a no, as a self-employed person, it was like twelve hundred bucks a month. I was just cutting a check for that, and then for me personally, because I just never really go to the doctor except for whatever. Um, I just I had one of them, I had major medical for many years, and now I've got you know regular coverage. Still pay a little bit more than what you know. Every time I go in, it's like all right, you, you got to copay a uh, something. Just pay us. I'm like okay, whatever. This same this seems reasonable. I don't really know if this makes any sense, but I'll pay it because I got the uh, the help that I needed, whatever that might be. But how is it that we've got these you know crazy defense budgets and all this other stuff? And we're spending money on all kinds of stuff, and yet we don't really have health care that makes sense. Healthcare costs are absolutely skyrocketing. You know that's kind of a big deal. We've got uh, mental health care. Uh, folks that need mental health care, that's not really available. We pretty much let everybody out of you know, all the, the mental institutions and they're on the streets. Like literally, they're on the streets. Super hard to get people the help that they need, especially if they don't have, you know, private insurance. Try getting somebody into treatment that doesn't have private insurance. Uh, you know, you, you got to wait in line with everybody else. And, um, it's, a it's, it's a nightmare. It's just, it's crazy. Um, but we can somehow manage to afford to fight all these wars all over the world. That somehow is a thing. I don't know. Though a lot of those things, I'm not an anti-war, uh, you know, war hawk, uh, either one, but it's, it's one of those things where you're like, really? God, we spent a lot of money, but we can't seem to figure out how to take care of stuff on our own at home. But that's a whole other podcast, right? So the, so we've got an index that we might be changing to the CPI E, E for elderly. I don't know. I don't want to be called elderly when I'm 62. Oh, hell no. Give me a different letter. Give me something different. Um, what else could we use in there? Um, I'm going to, I'll think of something. I'll think of something as we're talking here. So a bigger cost of living adjustment, a bill recently introduced. So the CPIE would have led to a larger cost of living adjustment. Not a lot, 
but a little bit and over time that would build up. That's kind of the whole uh, bottom line here. So annual cost of living adjustments rose by an average of 2.9% based on current methods from 1982 to 2011. The CPI E, E for elderly. Um, what about M for mature? What about that? Or what about what about R for reasonable? Because old people are reasonable, right? I mean, am I right? Uh, the CPI E, by contrast, increased by an average of three point one percent during that time period, according to the proposed legislation. So two point two percent difference. Again, over time, that would add up. You know what? For what we pay out on Social Security, I'm okay with that. The co-sponsors for Garamendi's bill are mostly Democrats. Yeah, not shocking. In contrast, Republicans in the past have proposed moving the so-called change CPI, which measures how people adjust their spending when prices go up. Does that make sense? I don't know. There's probably some of you that are way more versed on this. Do my opinions make sense? A lot of times I don't really know. I'm just sharing with you what I think and maybe they're just backwards. Maybe they're just ass backwards. I don't know. But I sit here and talk about them and that's kind of what I do. And then you guys tell me, hey, you need to switch this one word that you use consistently. Don't use that one word. And I'm like, uh, okay. So you sent me an email based on one word you want me to switch? Uh, uh, all right, I'll, I'll think about that. Uh, really? That's kind of what I think. Switching to the CPI-E would result in an additional increase of about 0.2 percentage points per year over the current index, according to the Urban Institute's Johnson. Over time, that has a big impact, he said. Estimates indicate that after 25 years, cost of living adjustments using the CPI-E would push benefits 5% higher. Okay, so more mature people, not elderly, mature people. Uh, we need a, still need a better word than that. So they're going to get 5% more in benefits. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. Because at some point in time, I'm going to be really old. And I want what's coming to me. I've paid into a lot of this stuff, right? Maybe you have too. I feel like I've paid more than my fair share. And I've never really thought about getting anything back. I still don't really think I will because that's just how I've kind of programmed myself is to be independent, take care of yourself, figure it out because nobody else is going to figure it out for you. That's kind of been my whole mantra. Not I need more from other people because me, 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 me. No, no, just go out and do it. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's my thing. That's how I operate. But then again, you know, I, I operate a little bit differently than others. And so I don't know. However, today's retirees might not see much of a difference because it takes years to accumulate, Johnson said, but making the change still makes sense. He said, okay, so are we going to do this or not? The point of having these cost of living adjustments is so that the purchasing power of social security does not erode over time. Okay. Johnson said, if we're not using the right inflation adjuster, then benefits can erode. And I think that is what's happening. Am I mistaken here? Those of you on Social Security, let me know. Let me know. Uh, you can always email me, Sean, S-E-A-N, at seattlerealestatepodcast.com, because those emails that I get from you guys, that's the that's the, my kind of litmus test of, all right, these are topics that people are interested in, and this is what they're thinking, and this is what they've got going on. And um, instead of me kind of just sitting in a what's the what's the tower analogy, the, the golden tower, just babbling to myself, 
Um, I, th that's kind of my connection to you guys is shoot me an email. Tell me what you're thinking. While altering the way the COLA is calculated is an obvious kind of change that we, we should make. According to Johnson, there is one thing that stands in the way costs. All right. It could worsen the trusts, the, the trust funds financial position, which is already quite precarious. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, but we'll finish this one, this sentence out. It seems like this type of change could become part of a larger social security reform effort. So what we're saying is we don't really have the money. We don't have the money in the fund to cover this, but we're talking about changing it anyway. Maybe we'll just have the fed start to fund social security as well. I mean, they're funding everything else, right? I mean, just, just pump a couple of trillion into that couple pump, pump 10 T into that. I mean, that seems like the answer to everything, right? Ah, it's $1.9 trillion. We're just going to throw that that way, right? We're just, we're just going to throw money. We're going to throw money at it till it goes away. President Joe Biden's campaign plans for Social Security, including moving to the CPIE, uh, one bill previously proposed in Congress, the Social Security 2100 Act, also includes that change. All right, so we'll just we'll just keep an eye on this and see what happens. It's not a huge game changer, I don't think, but it's definitely something that impacts a lot of people, and it impacts a lot of people on this podcast because I have predominantly a more mature audience. How's that? Because you guys seem to care about things, you know, real estate related and some other issues that we talk about here a lot, and I try and curate my topics based on what is important to people, what's important to people on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So definitely be keeping an eye on any changes to Social Security. It does seem weird. Like, really, you're podcasting about Social Security? And the answer is yes. Yes, that's what we're doing. So um, this is one more topic that I'll kind of keep looking at. And part of the reason I'm looking at Social Security is because I think inflation is on the rise pretty heavy. And um, when that happens, people on fixed budgets, those numbers, that kind of a math gets rocked a little bit, right? So those are important things for people to know is like, all right, what are we looking at for an adjustment? What's our adjustment based on? What index are we using? What is uh, going on? So after this, I need to check and see how much I get from Social Security. I think you put your Social Security number in and then they tell you some kind of magical system on the interweb, I believe. I'm going to go do that. All right. I will see you guys very soon. Got more topics coming. Don't forget, if you're a subscriber, hit that notification bell because YouTube, somehow there was some kind of miraculous misunderstanding all the subscribers that I had, they were it took the off the check mark from the notification bell, which means nobody gets notified when my new content comes out. So we're not saying that, um, you know, I'm not being defunded. But it's one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. We all know what the deal is there, right? I don't need to really spell it out for you. But if you hit that notification bell, you'll get notified when my new content, our new content comes out, which is twice a day, Monday through Friday, once a day, Saturday and Sunday. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. How did that come out? Seattle Real, blah, blah. Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.